Ladies and gentlemen, broadcast a live to you and yours. It's Mr. X to the Z exhibit. Yeah. Bouncing. Come on. The first day of the rest of my life. X stand behind the mic like Walter Cronkite. Y'all keep the spotlight. I'm keeping my bombs tight. What's up, sports fans? Welcome to the next episode of L.A. Courtside, brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network, and I am your host, L.A. Ray. Let's start this segment off by discussing the L.A. Lakers' recent victory over the Indiana Pacers, the first game after the All-Star break for the Lakers. This game was played on Friday night, resulting in a 105-100 to victory over the said Indiana Pacers. Just want to talk about a few things in this particular game. Again, they've only played one game since the All-Star break. The Lakers are right now sitting at 25-13. and 13. So uh, got off to a good start by winning this game. It's very, very important that they come out after the All-Star break on a winning note. One thing I want to mention, though, is I do uh, frequently talk about the Twitter posts Laker Nation, the Lake Show, who I frequently engage in conversation. And I should be doing that since I report on the Lakers and also the Clippers. But um, definitely in this game on Friday night, uh, the Laker fans were really getting just bent out of shape. Indiana was really putting it to them in the first half of that basketball game. And really into the third quarter until the Lakers start picking it up. I mean, the Lakers were getting killed by Malcolm Brogdon, who is a very, very good basketball player. Some of the Twitter posters were saying, why is it that the Lakers bring out the best in nondescript players when they play against the Lakers? Malcolm Brogdon is not a nondescript player player people Malcolm Brogdon can play the game of basketball in that particular game he was 12 out of 20 scored 29 points overall he was four out of seven from three-piece land he was absolutely drilling the Lakers especially in that first quarter killing them killing them guy also ended up with seven rebounds and six assists Malcolm Brogdon is a very very good basketball player I know I was commenting on Twitter that night that the Milwaukee Bucks are sorry that they could not keep this kid on their team. I think if they had Malcolm Brogdon on this team, it would enhance their chances of winning a championship. I'm speaking of the Milwaukee Bucks, but he is with the Indiana Pacers right now. And he played very, very well. They had no answer for him in this particular ball game. Uh, the rest of the Indiana team, Sabonis, of course, very, very good young player, man. He played really, really well, scored 20 points. Dougie McBuckets, Dougie McBuckets, a.k.a. Dougie McDermott, who's starting for uh, Karis LeVert. I'll speak about Karis LeVert in my second segment, NBA Update. But he starts in place of LeVert, or in that particular game he did, scored 13 points. But the uh, Indiana Pacers could not keep that lead. Now, again, the Twitter followers of the Lakers, they were just ready to just trade everybody I mean it was just ridiculous ridiculous what I was reading and every every reply I tried to reply to as many people as I could and, and let them know calm down people calm down 
the Lakers are going to come back and win this game. You know, it was my hope that they would. I'm not a prognosticator or anything like that. Heck, if I can predict games like that, I'd be a multi-millionaire. You know, probably won't even be doing this podcast. But I had a feeling that the Lakers were going to come back, at least make the game close, and they actually came back and won this game. And one of the players on the Lakers that that seemed to get the most vitriol until he just started heating up was Kyle Kuzma. I mean, it was it was ridiculous to, to read some of the posts. Kuzma is garbage. He needs to be traded. Get rid of the guy. He's nothing. He's nobody. And up to that point, Kuzma had not played particularly well. He finished the game with 24 points, though. 8 out of 18 from the field. 3 out of 6 from 3-piece land. What impressed me, though, more about Kuzma, more so than his scoring, is his rebounding. He, again, again, led the team in rebounding with 13, 13 rebounds. I want Laker fans to go back and look at a lot of these games since AD went out with that injury and see who leads this team in rebounding. You know, maybe you would think it's, you know, Trez. Nope, Trez not the rebounder that, that Kuzma is. You know, maybe you think it was Keith. You think it's Keith Morris? Our Keith? No. Maybe you think it's LeBron? No. Kyle Kuzma frequently gets double digits in rebounds. Go back and look at the look at the stats, and you will see that he started heating up in the fourth quarter, late third, fourth quarter. And next thing you know, on the Twitter post, it was uh, you know a parade for Kyle Kuzma all of a sudden. So, and that's what Twitter is all about. You know, I'm not, you know, ragging on the LA fans. That's what Twitter is all about. You know, it's a, it's a platform for everyone to type in their thoughts, their frustrations. And you get a lot of that, you know, trade the entire team, they're garbage. Next thing you know, they start coming back and getting with the Pacers. And then the next thing, you know, the Lakers are again, the favorites that come out of the Western conference finals or the Western conference you know, meeting the uh, Clippers in the Western Conference Finals, and one of those two teams will come out. I still stand by that. I've said that from the beginning of this podcast in 2021, and I will stick by that. In the fourth quarter in that game against the Pacers, uh, the Lakers outscored the Pacers 34-21 to and just took that game over. LeBron James in this particular game did not have a typical LeBron James game. He was only 5 out of 13 from the field, 1 of 4 from three-point land now. Hopefully, LeBron had ample time to rest during this all-star break. As I mentioned before the break, uh, maybe five, six, seven games before the all-star break, it looked like LeBron James was playing on tired legs. You know, he didn't have the aggressiveness, let's say, that he would usually have. Now, he played in that all-star game. He was the captain and picked the team and all of that. You guys know how I feel about that ridiculous all-star game, but... You know, that that wasn't a game that expended a lot of energy with LeBron James. But in the first game back, though, he didn't have his typical game, but he still scored 18 points. He had 10 assists and um, and three rebounds. And uh, he was plus 11 on the plus minus column for the rest of the Lakers. uh, Keith Morris, he played 19 minutes, scored eight points. He played okay. Uh, Jones uh, came in as the center. And um, he played. He only played 16 minutes, scored seven points. Now, Mark Gasol is still out 
because of COVID-19 protocol. He may miss a couple more games uh, going into next week. But after that, he will be back. And Trez, Trez Harrell, he played a wonderful game against the Indiana Pacers. 32 minutes, 8 out of 11 from the field, 6 rebounds, 17 points. It was really touching to see the owner of the Lakers, uh, Jeannie Buss, come out before that game and give Trez a nice big hug, just like she said she would on her Twitter feed. As you all know, uh, Trez sent that cryptic uh, Twitter post uh, a few days ago, and uh, Jeannie Buss said, you know, hey, the next time I see you, I'm going to give you a big hug and let you know that you are still part of the Lakers family. Now, I don't know if, I hope not anyway, that they're entertaining trading Trez Harrell. I don't see the point in trading somebody like that. And I don't understand the uh, reasoning. Uh, Some Laker fans will say, you know, he's too small to guard the big guys or he's too big to guard the small guys. But it seems like every time you look up, he has a game like this. Eight out of 11 from the field, 17 points. I don't know what else you can ask of him. I mean, he's giving, he's giving the Lakers what they thought they were going to get when he came across the court into the other locker room from the Clippers. He's giving them exactly what, what they need. So I don't see why people think he needs to be traded. So in my opinion, he's going to be on the Lakers at least through the end of this year and through the playoffs. And you know, if they make it to the championship series and, you know, maybe he'll win a ring with the Lakers. We'll see. One um, uh, player on this team, though, that I'm kind of concerned about, I think he'll be okay. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, he was only 3 of 11 from the field, 1 of 3 from three-piece land. He scored 11 points, uh, 4 assists, 5 rebounds. Now, the offense does flow a little bit better when he's in there. Uh, but he was like minus two in the plus minus column while he was out there playing 34 minutes. So I uh, expect to see some improvement on uh, on behalf of Shooter for the rest of this season. They're going to need scoring from him big time. They're definitely going to need that from him. And another concern is that the Lakers have not signed him long term yet. You know, keep in mind that, that he's a um, he's only an expiring contract. I'm sure negotiations are going on. Maybe the two sides are, well, it's obvious that the two sides are apart money-wise. And let's hope that they can close that gap and keep Schroeder on this team. It's somebody that they desperately need. Uh, KCP, 28 minutes. He's another concern still. Uh, Only two out of six from the field. I don't know, again, if this is a confidence issue that he's going through right now. He was minus 10 in the plus minus column while he was on the floor for 28 minutes. So uh, seven points. I don't know, again, if is it a confidence issue with him or not, but he's someone that also needs to step his game up in order for the Lakers to win. Now there's still trade rumors floating around or trade acquisitions. Uh, if some players get bought out, you still have that Andre Drummond rumor that's still floating around. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers have not done anything yet as far as a buyout. And I'm sure they're going to wait until the last you know, minute. March 25th is a trade deadline, so they're going to wait. And they should. If some team wants to offer them something in the trade, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they're going to wait for as long as they can so they can get the best return on their investment. So 
they're really in no hurry to do anything with Andre Drummond. They're going to keep him out so he doesn't get injured. And they're going to try to trade him. And if they can't trade him, they'll buy him out. He'll go through, um, um, not free agency, but he will go through waivers. And then some team is going to end up picking him up, you know, picking up the rest of that salary. So will it be the Lakers? Hopefully. They'll still talk about the Brooklyn Nets. You know, well, you know what the hell is going on with that? I mean, I mean, they already got the big three. I mean, my guy, well, you might as well say the big three and a half. Blake Griffin is not the same guy. I'll say three and a half. But he's still going to be an integral part of that basketball team. You know, Blake Griffin still has some game left in him. And if they get Andre Drummond, I mean, I mean, come on, man. It's lights out. You're just stacking the deck. I think the commissioner should step in and say, no, no mas, no mas. You know, hey, they dropped uh, or, or blocked Chris Paul from, you know, coming to the Lakers some years ago on a trade that would have catapulted the Lakers to the top. So why not block this if, if, if Drummond ends up possibly going to the Nets? But I digress on that. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it'll end up being uh, the Lakers. And if that's the case, uh, the Lakers will be right up there in the West. They're going to be right up there anyway. But that will enhance their chances of coming out of the Western Conference and representing the Western Conference in the finals. Because if you get Andre Drummond on this team, now you can just bring uh, Marc Gasol off the bench. And Drummond is going to give you 15 and 15 every game. He's going to get you 15 up to 20 points. He's definitely going to give you 15 rebounds. Some games he's going to give you 20. He's a, he's a fit, but he's a definitely a 15-15 guy. Easily, automatically. You know, he runs the floor. He blocks shots. He, he even, he even uh, he, uh, for a center, you know, he gets a lot of steals as well. I remember his days back in the Detroit Pistons. You know, a lot of games he used to lead the team in steals. So if Drummond comes over, that would definitely enhance the, uh, the Lakers' chances of coming out of the West. Uh, for this next couple of games, uh, again, Mark Gasol will not be in for COVID protocol. Uh, Caruso is out for a concussion protocol. So, you know, guys are going to have to step up. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, sometimes we forget the kid is only 20 years old. Only 20 years old. He played 17 minutes in that game against the Pacers. Was only two of seven from the field, scored six points. But, hey, man, you're in the NBA, 20 years old or not. You know, the Lakers are going to put you into the fire, man. You, you know, step that game up, baby. Step the game up. Let's get rolling. And as far as Jones goes, the, the center, they signed him to his uh, the second 10-day contract. So it looks like he's going to be on the team between now and the end of the year. Uh, Damian Jones, I'm referring to. And he's like a springy type young guy. You know, he runs the floor pretty well. And, um, you know, he's out there doing the best he can. He's doing the best he can. And, um, you know, let's keep him on the team and see what he can do. So, for Laker fans, again, don't worry about this team. You know, they're going to go to the Western Conference Finals. I still preach that. And they're going to meet up against your hated rival, the Clippers. And I just can't wait for that. Man, I cannot wait for the Western Conference Finals. And I get to report on the Lakers and the Clippers. I'll give my Clipper report in this episode after I give my um, my NBA report. But wouldn't that be juicy? The city of L.A. 
torn between the Lakers and the Clippers. And then they will finally meet to see who goes to the NBA Finals. It's going to be riveting, juicy. It's just going to be a great story. So with that, Laker fans, they don't play again until Monday. Um, and let's see what happens. So let's see what happens. Uh, see if they can get them a nice little winning streak going here. And at least until Anthony Davis gets back. You know, hopefully they'll play well. He'll be back in probably about three weeks. And uh, just hold the ship. Just hold the fort down until he gets back. And uh, the late show, you guys will be fine. Old school, old school right there, baby. NBA on NBC back in the 80s. You heard that song. You knew Jordan was coming on or Patrick Ewing or Isaiah Thomas or Charles Barkley. Basketball in the 80s, baby. Wasn't nothing better. For this second segment, I want to briefly just touch on two NBA topics. And one is a trade rumor. I don't know if this rumor is going to catch legs or not, but this was reported on ESPN that there's a possibility that Terry Rozier of Charlotte can be traded to the New Orleans Pelicans for, you know who, you know who, Lonzo Ball. Going back to the Charlotte, or going to the Charlotte Hornets to play alongside his brother, Melo. Now, I'm one of those guys that, you know, I don't want to see LeVar Ball right. You know, all he's going to do is get on television and run it off at the mouth. Nobody wants to hear that. Uh, he'll get on there and say, well, I told you guys, my, my ball boys are going to end up playing, playing with each other. So if this trade's happening, it'll be two-thirds of the way correct. But just breaking down this trade, though, it, it kind of makes a little sense. Because the Pelicans, they can use someone that's a, a better shooter, I would say, or a better scorer than Lonzo Ball. And you would get that in Terry Rozier. He's a better shooter. I think he would complement Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram uh, a little bit better than, say, um, Lonzo would. And then, of course, Lonzo going to Charlotte, uh, that speaks for itself. He'd be playing alongside his brother. Terry Rozier is no longer there. That opens up Melo to be in a starting lineup. And Lonzo can play the point guard. And Melo Ball has shown he can play the point, obviously. But I also believe he can play shooting guard easily. Easily. You know, those two guys on the floor together, you know, whatever big that they have, get the rebound. You kick it out to the, the nearest ball brother that you see in your sight of vision. So they can both be interchangeable. And... Uh, Melo can easily play the shooting guard position. And uh, Lonzo Ball is a, a slightly taller player than Rozier. Not by much, but I think it would be good for both teams. Now, again, uh, this trade is just a, just a rumor that's floating out there right now. But the trade deadline is coming up on March 25th. And there's going to be a whole lot of other rumors out there. And this is uh, kind of one that I saw today on ESPN that may gain a little traction the next thing I want to talk about real quick is Karis LeVert. So glad that this young man is able to come back. And um, he played his first game uh, the other day in a 122-111 win over the Phoenix Suns, by the way, who's 25-12. and 12. 
scored 13 points in 27 minutes with seven rebounds. Uh, Karis LeVert, of course, he had the um, cancerous mass uh, removed from his liver. Really, really scary situation. He's just a first-class type of kid, man. And I'm just so glad. He went to the University of Michigan. Uh, so I'm a little bit partial there since I'm from Michigan. And just a classy, classy guy, man. Of course, he came over from the Brooklyn Nets in that big Harden trade. Uh, came over to uh, the Pacers. And the Pacers, with him, they actually have a pretty good squad, man. When you look at it, they got, they got a pretty decent squad over there. You know, they're a few games under 500, but... You know, if they make the playoffs, that might be one of the teams that uh, you may not want to face in the first round of the playoffs if they sneak in as an eight seed and, you know, whoever ends up being number one seed, that probably the Brooklyn Nets, of course, or the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, you might not want to see this particular team. You know, with Sabonis, in that game, Sabonis, you know, he had 22 points. Miles Turner, who's also been rumored to be on a trading block, he had 16. Malcolm Brogdon who I talked about in my first segment when he had that monster game against the Lakers. I don't know why he's so underrated, but uh, he scored 25 points in that game. They ha still have Drew Holiday, and now they have Levert. And then they also have uh, Dougie McBuckets. He scored 22 points in that particular game. So they have a nice 6-7 uh, guy rotation. That the rest of their bench is not you know, uh, much to, uh, to uh, be concerned about. But... I kind of like the way where the Indiana Pacers are going with their organization. But again, going back to um, Levert, it's just glad to see that he's back on the floor. He's doing well. His new teammates welcomed him with open arms. And in the locker room, they were cheering and clapping for him and supporting him. So um, glad to see that he's back on the floor. For my third segment, um, which I will be recording in a few hours because it's going to be based on the game tonight. The L.A. Clippers are going to be playing the New Orleans Pelicans with Zion, Brandon Ingram, and the aforementioned Lonzo Ball. And uh, I will be watching that game tonight. And after that game is over with, I'll do my third segment on this particular podcast. So, Clip fans, Clip joint, stay tuned. L.A. Ray will return at the end of tonight's Clipper and Pelicans ball game. Stay tuned, folks. Segment number three, after I just got to finish watching this debacle of a basketball game between the L.A. Clippers and the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, I guess I have to talk about this game. So I'll talk about it. What a debacle. What an absolute, total debacle by the L.A. Clippers. They just got roasted, and I do mean roasted. 135 to 115 a 20 point blowout it wasn't even that close folks trust and believe 
if you watch this game, it was not even that close. Earlier today, I was on uh, the Clubhouse. If you guys don't know yet about the Clubhouse app, social media app, it's a drop-in audio type of app where you can join different clubs. It could be a political club. It could be a religious club. It could be a sports club. As far as sports, you can join a club that talks about Clippers. You can join a club that talks about Lakers, Pelicans, Spurs, football, baseball, soccer, any subject under the sun. And you can create clubs. You can create rooms just to have people come in and talk about uh, your favorite basketball team. And earlier today, I was on the site and uh, it was a Clipper site that started by my friend Shia, who is a basketball fan. She is an L.A. Clipper basketball fan. And she frequently starts these rooms and talks about Clippers basketball. And then you have a bunch of folks on there. And, you know, we have very, very candid conversations. No one's talking over each other or anything like that. And uh, it's really, really nice. So if you get a chance to download this app, I highly suggest that you do that. But earlier when I was on this app and uh, I was talking about this particular game that was coming up. And my comment was that if the Clippers don't come out with the intensity that I know that the Pelicans was going to come out with, then it was going to be a long night. And, and sure enough, it was. It was just a long night for the Clippers. You know, the Clippers, I'm sorry, the uh, Pelicans, uh, the first game after the All-Star break, they got blew out by Minnesota by 30 points, 135 to 105. And Stan Van Gundy just roasted, roasted his team. Very next game is against Cleveland, the Pelicans blew them out by 34 points. So now I'm thinking, okay, Clippers, the Pelicans are, you know, they're going to come out with some intensity. And sure enough that they did. And the Clippers just did not match that intensity. They just didn't match it. it this game was over from the start. And that's what I was conveying on this uh, Clubhouse app. By the way, uh, I mentioned uh, Shia, who frequently starts the uh, Clippers rooms. Uh, you should follow her at Shia128 on Twitter. That's S-H-E-I-A-128 on Twitter. Homegirl knows her basketball. Trust and believe. And she's a diehard Clipper fan. So if you're also a Clipper fan, you can go on to her Twitter page and follow her. And she will let you know the next time that they're going to have these conversations on the Clubhouse app. And uh, you'll be able to join the Clubhouse app. And then hopefully you can get in these rooms and, and talk about your, your favorite team, the Clippers. By the way, the opening clip on this song, uh, before I started talking about the Clippers, that was a request by Shea, Rapper's Delight. Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill Gang. For those of you who don't know, back in 78, 79, when rap first started, the Sugar Hill Gang is the group that started the whole thing. They are definitely the pioneers of rap, for sure. But let me get back to this game here. Let me get back to this game. This, again, was just, it was a very, very hard watch. Very, very, this game was very, very hard to watch. I mean, the, the, the Pelicans came out with a purpose. They came out with a purpose. The Clippers came out like they were just there. I mean, 
the, uh, Zion Williamson, you can just tell, you know, he was on the mission 13 out of 16 from the field, 27 points. Man among boys, nobody was stopping him. Nobody in the league can stop this guy really when he's on his game. Let's let's be let's be fair about that, you know, to the Clippers. You know, the Clippers aren't the only team that Zion does this to. Brandon Ingram, seven out of twelve, three out of six and three piece land, twenty-three points. He was killing him. Lonzo Ball, who I mentioned in my uh second segment on this particular episode about the possibility of him being traded to the Charlotte Hornets to join his brother. And Terry Rozier going to the Pelicans. I'm not so sure now that the uh, the Pelicans want to do that. His three-point shot has improved tremendously since his days as a Laker. He was five out of eight from three-piece land. He doesn't have that little sling shot, shot, crazy shot that he used to have when he first came in the league. That is, is his daddy taught him. He had 20 points, 20 points, eight rebounds, five assists. He was all over the place. And then Jackson Hayes just, you know, posterized uh, Reggie Jackson. That was kind of hard to watch there as well. <laughs> but as far as the Clippers go, uh, you know, other than Kawhi Leonard, he was 9 out of 13. You know, he played well, 23 points. He can only do so much. Paul George did not have a good game. Let's call it the way it is. He's 5 out of 14, only 1 out of 8 from 3. He scored 15 points. Reggie Jackson had 18 points. He had a really good game. But don't count on that consistently from Reggie Jackson, folks. Just, you know. He, he's not going to give you that consistently game per game. But he played well tonight, 7 out of 12 from the field, 18 points. And Luke Kennard, who's my favorite whipping boy, hopefully you can get this kind of production from him on game by game, but I wouldn't hold my breath on that either. He scored 15 points, but many of it was in garbage time. So, you know, where do the Clippers go from here? You know, where 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 do they go? What do they do? Do they trade? You know, what, what trait uh, chip do they have? Zubak? You know, what are you going to get from Zubak? You're not going to get much because I hear, you know, rumors about him possibly being on the move. You're not going to get much there. I think what they need to do is when March 25th rolls around and some of these teams are ready to buy out some of these players that's on expiring contracts, and if there's a point guard available out there, and again, in my opinion, Clippers need to pounce. You know, uh, otherwise, you know, if you think Patrick Beverly – I'm talking about the Clippers brass now. If you think Patrick Beverly is going to be the point guard that leads you to an NBA championship, then go for it. Can they win with him? Sure. The basketball guys will have to bounce their way, but they can. But in my opinion, their chances will be much enhanced if they have a better point guard situation. Now, does that mean possibly trading Reggie Jackson? You know, they're not going to trade Patrick Beverly. He's a defensive stalwart. They're not trading him. Uh, Reggie Jackson, eh, maybe. But you're going to have to get somebody else in there, as far as I'm concerned. Because if Paul George and Kawhi Leonard continue to lead the team in assists, which they pretty much do every single game, when you get down to the playoffs and then the defensive intensity picks up and you're expecting Paul George to not only do the scoring on the wing, but – you know, have the offense run through him and, and and lead the team and assist and run the team and make sure that the spacing is good and all of that. Uh, uh, good luck with that. Kawhi Leonard, you know, he just mentioned in an interview with Rachel Nichols. I wrote a little piece on fansided.com uh, on the Clipperholics site. I wrote an article yesterday. Uh, you can go check that out, fansided.com, and just click on the Clippers where Kawhi Leonard said that the spacing 
is just not there right now. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. He said the uh, spacing is not there. Uh, Rachel Nichols asked him about, you know, their problems in the clutch, you know, in the fourth quarter. You know, at one point he said, well, you know, we just have to make shots. You know, that's kind of simplistic, even coming from Kawhi Leonard, who's a very quiet guy. But he did go on to say, you know, sometimes that the plays we run are not the right plays. Well, what does that mean? Man, this is half the season is over with, and the plays aren't being run correctly? Is that an indictment on the coach? Is that an indictment on whoever is running the plays on the floor, the point guard? Okay, if that's the case, they need to clean that up. They need to clean that up because in the playoffs, again, when that defensive intensity picks up and you guys aren't sure which plays are supposed to be run, your spacing isn't the way it's supposed to be, and you're going to have trouble scoring. It's the same thing that happened last year when they blew the 3-1 lead to Denver in the bubble playoffs. Seems like the spacing wasn't there. Kawhi was right. Spacing wasn't there. Now, they were missing shots, of course, but I think it was just more than that. There was no spacing. You know, in that particular series, and they lost that series to Denver. So the Clippers need to try to do something to prevent that from happening again. And it's up to the Clippers brass to to fix that. You know, that's hey, that's why they pay guys the big bucks. You know, go out and get that fixed. So Clipper fans, you know, I'm I'm still gonna stick with them to go to the Western Conference Finals. I'm not gonna change my mind as long as there's no injuries. If they keep the exact same team that they have right now. And there's no injuries. I still say they can make the Western Conference Finals. You know, I have I have faith that they can do that. I'm just saying that if you improve this team just a little bit, they can probably go even further than that. And but as of right now, sure, Western Conference Finals against the Lakers. It'll be the Lake Show against the Clip Joint, Clipper Nation. Now, LA fans, wouldn't that just be juicy? Wouldn't that be a riveting story? Because on Twitter, you all go back and forth, back and forth. I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm in the process of creating a YouTube channel called Clippers versus Lakers 2021, where I'll talk about the Clippers and the Lakers all the way up into the Western Conference Finals until they meet. And then you guys can throw darts at each other all day long. I'll be the referee. I'll be the one in the middle. You know, I'll be the one to make sure you guys don't just just jump on each other and kill each other. But it's going to be really, really fun if that happens. Can you imagine the city of Los Angeles if those two teams made it to the Western Conference Finals? You know, with the uh, it's almost like Democrats versus Republicans. Riveting. I cannot wait for that to happen. But the Clippers, you know, they're going to have to um, they have to play better than they did tonight if they want that to happen. And they can shake this off. They have a couple of games coming up against Dallas. They can beat Dallas. Dallas isn't all that. So, you know, as far as this game goes, just regroup. Regroup, you lost, get out of New Orleans, you know, put that behind you and go to Dallas and and, and then win those two games, you know, two in a row against uh, the Dallas Mavericks. You can win those games. So in that case, you know, I think the, I think the Clippers will be OK. I, I really, really do. Put this game behind you and you'll be fine. So with that, L.A. sports fans and sports fans in general, I'm going to leave it there. I want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank the Basketball Podcast Network uh, for putting this show on. And most of all, I'd like to thank you fans for listening. Uh, again, you can follow me at LA Race Sports on Twitter. And you can also visit my blog page, LARaysports.com. Until the next episode, folks, peace.